Finley is literally staring at me like he wants to join the episode. Come here with us. You want to come on? Talk about what makes you happy. Hello, hello, guys. What is up? Welcome back to Blissful Love with Devin McMahon. So this morning, it is 7.40 a.m. on Sunday. I am recording today's episode for you guys, getting that out there. It's been just like a busy time in my life. Um, Normally, my episodes are all recorded for you guys, and I have them scheduled to come out on the specific day, so Thursday and Sundays at 8 a.m., but things have been like just crazy. And I don't know, maybe it's just the summer because I am wanting to do more things. But here we are recording it this morning for you guys to get it out there. So what makes me feel blissful today? Um, Well, it was supposed to rain all day and the sun is out right now. So that is making me feel blissful. I was thinking about taking Finley into Boston to my wholesaler, um, perusing around there a bit, maybe picking up some house plants for you guys. I know that's something you guys are super interested in. And I only really got the big succulents last time, tried to push those. Um, so I'm going to pick up some house plants. And yeah, that makes me blissful. <clears throat> and then how will I propel my love today? Um, hmm. I am going to drop something off to my mom as a little surprise. So hopefully she doesn't listen to this before I do it. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay, that's how I'll propel my love today. All right. So I've been feeling lately like... Am I doing this because I want to do it or am I doing it because I feel like I have to? And I don't know who's with me here. I'm sure some of you can relate, but especially during the pandemic when, you know, I have stayed working and a lot of people around me have not is what's really opened my eyes to it because I feel like so many people around me have like found their niche. I mean, I of course found PBL during this time and was still working. So that was a little tricky, but I know a lot of people around me have found their niche of little things that they really enjoy to do hobbies, um, small businesses, podcasts, art, different things. And I can see like the happiness in them just like thriving and flourishing. Finley. I guess he really does want to come on and talk about this, maybe because he's super happy to have me home more now, Um, a little more than normal anyways, because yes, I have just been taking some time for myself. But okay, to get back to what I was saying is I feel like this time has forced so many people to step back and be like, hmm. Am I, was I doing like what I really want to be doing and am I doing it for me or am I doing it for the pure reason that this is what I feel like I have to do? So kind of like what I mean by that is for, all right, for an example, I 
went to school and then got a job and then pretty immediately went back to grad school, like within six months. And I mean, hindsight is always 2020, but looking back on it, I'm like, huh, I wonder if I just waited a bit and kind of figured out what I wanted to do and figured out what I loved and all of that. If I would be thinking differently than I'm thinking now, I think that we need to go through experiences and go through these trials and tribulations in order to find that and figure that out. But I don't know, like I got, I kind of just started to get to a point where the tap, the, my boards that I was studying for were becoming harder to study for because I was like, I don't even want to do this. Like, this isn't even something that I want to do for my life. And it wasn't filling my cup and making me super happy every day. I am still going to work hard to pass my boards because I feel as though I started something that I want to complete and finish. And it is always good to have my master's in certification as a backup plan if things fall through with Plants Plus Love or just in general of me deciding that I want to continue and pursue a career as a BCBA. But for now and for the foreseeable future, I am like, this isn't it anymore. Like I sit down in my little studio and start putting together my plant stuff and I start creating content for the podcast. I start putting together orders. I start thinking of new ideas. I start finding new designs for different um, pots and planters and um, different things that I can offer in my shop for you guys. And I'm like, this, I could do this for hours and hours and hours and feel so content and happy with myself. And I know that that changes from time to time. Like I have always been somebody that like bounces around and changes um, momentum and motivation and different things. And I've had a lot of jobs and I have found happiness in all of them. And then I have also found complete annoyance in not and not happiness in all of them. So, I mean, I don't think that we necessarily should just give up on things that aren't making us happy in the present moment because it could be deeper than that. And it might not be the job. It might be something that we're going through that we need to address and figure out and find out. But I do think that if we do specifically know that something is not making us happy, then we do need to change it. I, for one, love my clients. I work in home therapy right now. So that is like one downfall for anybody that is in the field of like health or ABA or um, if you're like a nanny, I guess, or you do anything where you're like working closely inside of somebody's home. It's just an uncomfortable thing. It's not your space. It's someone else's space. Um, you know, you're being supervised and it's just, and it's not, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't mean the supervision as in the parents. I, I love the parents of all my clients as well. It's, um, you don't have like, so my work is difficult. And if you work in a clinic, you have a supervisor that you can constantly be checking in with and saying, Hey, am I doing this right? Hey, should I do this? Hey, this isn't working. Should I try this? And although, so Julie is my supervisor, my, one of my best friends, Julie Tomer, she's amazing. I love her so much. And she's one of my supervisors, but she's not with me in the house. So obviously like things are just more difficult when you're in somebody's house. Everybody knows that that works in this field. It's just the way it is. Um, So that was kind of one thing that I was like, huh, I'm not really sure if I'm loving this. But then I would always fall back to, well, I love the families. Um, 
but it's just not something I see myself doing for the rest of my life. I definitely don't see myself like sitting behind a computer and like creating plans my whole life either. It's just not really me. Like I love being out in the field and being like direct care with this with the clients and um, really making that that difference. So I don't know. It's just like something I think about. I really do think that I will end up doing Plants Bliss Love full time. I really would love to expand it even bigger. Um, and that's just my goal. So enough about me. (laughs) Um, so I kind of have like some bullet points of things that I wanted to discuss about doing what you want to do, because this is your life. Like we have one life and none of us know that the expiration date on that. So it's like, why would you do something from a day to day that, isn't fully making you happy and isn't fully embodying who you are and who you want to be and who you want to express. Knowing when to let go is a big part of this, whether it be friendships, relationships, a job, a situation that you're in, your living situation, school, anything. You need to be in touch with yourself, your inner workings, your soul, your thoughts, and just like your general emotions of how you're feeling about things on a day-to-day. If you are waking up every single day and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to go to this shitty job or I can't believe I have to go to this shitty school or whatever it is, like that is such a negative feeling that you don't need to feel every day. It's not, it's not helping your day-to-day life. It's actually hindering so many things for you, your mental health, your strength, your ability to persevere, like so many things. However, I also, to go back, I don't think that you should just give up on things if you feel that when you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to go here. But you can change things. For school, I think pushing through school and finishing is very important because Once you finish a degree, it's always going to be there and it will help you more than anything. Um, Always. I mean, every interview I've ever gone on, they're like, wow, you went to Bridgewater and then you went to William James. Like, it's just, it looks great. Um, Education is always important and always is going to just be like a stepping stone for you for any job, even if it doesn't really line up to what the job is that you might want. Um, Just, a supervisor or someone hiring you that um, is looking at your resume is going to say, oh, okay, like they went to college, they got a good education, whatever. But knowing when to let go of those things that are no longer allowing you to be your happiest and strongest self is just like, that's it. You need to know. I worked at a job for almost two years recently. And I loved it at first. It was great. The people were great. It was in a clinic. I didn't have to worry about driving all over the place to different homes. I only saw one home client. Everyone else was in the clinic. And then things just got weird. And, you know, I felt like I was like, out of place there. I felt like I was constantly being like critiqued and watched and I didn't like it. I knew I was really good at my job, not to toot my own horn, but I gave a lot. 
I gave my all into that job and I do that with every job because I think that that's really important as well, even if you're not happy. Um, I tried my best to have like the best relationships with all of my coworkers. I like to say that I had great relationships with all of them. Um, but for some reason, I don't know, like, I mean, we all know that people talk and are gossipy and politics and jobs and all of that. And for some reason, there must have been someone somewhere that didn't didn't line up with me and didn't really like me. And things just got weird. I started feeling like people were kind of like like the higher up people were like saying things that um, you know, like they thought I was doing that I wasn't doing. And then I was like, okay, I need to like get out of here because it's just not making me happy anymore. Every morning when I would go, I felt super anxious. Every night when I went to bed, I was anxious that I had to go to work the next day. And it just was bad. And I remember like talking to my parents and talking to Jack about it. And they're like, how about you just stick it out till you find another job? And it literally got to the point where I was like, nope, I'm out. I didn't even look for another job yet. I just left. I was like, I can't do it. And I knew that I was in a place where I had just finished my master's. Um, I knew I was in a place where I was going to find a job. Like I was like, I have a lot of experience now in this field. And this, this field is the type of field that if you want a job, like you will find one, as long as you have experience, you will absolutely find a job. It, there are so many jobs out there for ABA techs. Um, so yeah, I left and I was like, this is not it. This isn't making me happy. And sometimes I think back on it and I'm like, I wonder what, like what I, what I would be feeling now if I stayed there because they're like, even though I said, you know, things might've gone wrong with like the higher ups or whatever, like I did really like all of them. And I think they did really all like me. I just think that there might've been like one or two people that were like, I heard that this happened or I heard that she feels this way or something. It was like a lot of like weird things that were just like not really completely unfolding in front of me that kind of just felt like it was like behind my back in a way. Um, but I do like have times where I like miss all of them and I miss everybody at the center. And I do wonder like, huh, I wonder where I'd be. But if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be where I am now. If I didn't understand that things in your life, no matter if, you know, you like the people that are around you or, um, you don't or whatever, if it's not making you happy, just get out of the situation. And it like, all of a sudden it was like, it just like dawned on me. Like one day I literally walked in and it was like, I'm putting my two weeks in, like, this is it. And it took like so much time. Like there was a buildup. And I remember talking to people at work about it. Like, what should I do? Like, should I do it? I'm so scared. Like, I don't know. I was 24. Like, I don't know. It's just like, I talk to my cousin about this a lot. Like we are in our twenties. We are in a time that we should look back on this when we're 40 and be like, I had such a good time. I made good money. I did well. Um, I got myself through, but I had a fun time. Like I enjoyed my life and I'm not talking fun, like going out and drinking every weekend. I mean like thoroughly enjoying my life without kids, without marriage, without all of those things, like enjoying being young and being 20 something. And I've realized that with reading this, the mindful 20 something book too, like just be present with, with where you are and enjoy it. I think that we're in an age also where everybody's looking for the next thing 
and like looking for to like to buy, be buying a house. And obviously all of those things are so amazing. Like I also think about that. And that is also a goal that Jack and I have. Um, but it's important to also remember where you are and to be happy and satisfied and present in those times. And a lot of that has to do with what we're doing. Are we enjoying what we're doing? Are we enjoying our jobs? Are we enjoying our lives? And if we're not enjoying our jobs and our lives, and it's really hard to be present in the moment because we just want to get out and do the next thing. Um, yeah. And I just feel like oh, Finn, <laughs> I feel like where we are is exactly where we're meant to be. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it. Just knowing when to let go is really important. Knowing when you are unhappy is also really important. And sometimes we don't even realize that we're unhappy when we are. I like to think that I'm very in tune with my feelings and my emotions every second of the day. Like I can feel if something bothers me, I can feel if something makes me happy. I can feel if I'm like a little bit annoyed, a little bit stressed, a little bit anxious. I feel it all. I've always been that way. And sometimes I don't accept when I'm unhappy. I know it. I don't accept it. So with that, I can feel it. I know what's going on, but I'm not talking to myself about it and getting through it. So I guess this could be the situation that maybe I'm currently in. I think a lot about like what I'm doing now and how I mentioned about my like exam, studying for my exam. So I decided this summer, I'm like, you know what? I'm taking a break from this thing. Cause like, I just don't have the motivation right now to sit down and study the way that I know I need to because it's just not doing it for me. It's just not making me happy. I want to enjoy PBL this summer and really let that take off, enjoy my clients this summer. So, I mean, things might change. Next week I might say, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna buckle down and study for this thing. But for now, it's like I know that that was something that was just so stressful for me, continuing to sit down and study for it and you know, getting the results I wasn't wanting, um, feeling super stressed and like broken down about it and feeling like I wasn't smart enough or whatever. And now I know that, you know, that might not necessarily be it. It just might've been a goal that was something I didn't really care to reach anymore. And with that, it was hard to find the motivation for it. I knew it wasn't making me happy, I, but I wasn't really doing the things to change it. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like sometimes in life that will happen to you. And it's not always like a good or bad thing. It's just you need to kind of figure out when you're unhappy and figure out how you are going to make yourself happy again. And I'm so thankful that I started PBL and started this podcast because I honestly don't know what what emotions I would have on a day-to-day -day or what I would be doing in my spare time or what I would be doing to fill my cup. And this is it. Like, I feel like I found a sweet spot. I feel like I found like a, a purpose on my day to days. I know that sounds so dramatic, but I mean, like, I feel like I found something that I can expand in so many different directions. And I've made so many connections and so many 
friendships from this already, and it's only been since March. It is literally mind-blowing to me when I think back that I started PBL and Blissful Up in March. I'm like, holy shit. I have made so many friendships from this. I've made so many connections, so many sales, so, so many awesome opportunities that I just want to keep going. It makes me like hungry for more. So with that, we'll jump into saying no when you don't want to do something. There has been kind of a shift in my mindset with this. I actually said to someone, I want to say it was yesterday. I don't know who I was talking to. But I said, I am a yes woman. I forget who I was talking to. And I literally, those words came out of my mouth. I was like, yeah, I'm a yes woman. Because she was like, oh my God, where was I? I forget. But they were like, you don't have to say yes if you don't want to do it. And I was like, oh no, it's fine. And then they like looked at me and I was like, I'm a yes woman. Um, But no, say no. And I kind of have been thinking about this a lot more in the sense of like, so many things. If someone asked me to do something and I don't want to do it, I'm saying no. Where in the past I would be like, yeah, sure. (laughs) If somebody asked me to go somewhere and I don't want to go there, I'm saying no. If my work asked me to do something extra and I don't want to do it, I'm saying no. If I find an opportunity that somebody wants to collaborate with me or do something with me and I don't want to do it and I don't think it's the right move for me, I'm saying no. I'm saying no to things that don't make me happy anymore. And we all need to be better at that because I think that we all care a little bit too much about the feelings of others or um, satisfying and pleasing other people. And it doesn't, that's not what this life is about. This, this life is your life. I'm going to keep saying it's your life. It's your life. It's your life. It's not that person's life. That person's life is their life and they're living it. Your life is your life and you need to take control over it and say no, say no, or say yes to all the things, all the things that make you happy and all the things that you want to do. But be you need to be in touch with yourself when it comes to that. Work somewhere where it makes you happy. A big part of our lives is work. We work for at least eight hours a day, most of us that are working full time. That's a long time. That's a lot of hours in the day. Eight hours is a lot of hours. If you are not happy there, and I'm not saying you need to wake up every day and be like, this is amazing. I love my job. Like obviously work is work. But if you can do a job that you do do that, then do it. Like when I wake up every day and I have my other job off and I'm just doing PBL all day, I am my happiest self. That's why I know that this is something that I want to pursue full time. And I really love, I have worked in the field of special ed for so long that I know that I love, I love it. I love it. It it makes me so happy. I love watching the progress of individuals and really watching them thrive and learn. But I would like to do it in the sense of I am going in and seeing these clients like once or twice a week. I don't think that it's something that I would do full time. And it's definitely not something that I would be going home and creating plans for at all hours of the night and creating programs. It's just not something that 
I want to do. And, you know, I'm really thankful that I went to school and I learned about it and that I have the degree because I'm sure, or I don't know, I'm not sure, but I may in the future when I'm older say, okay, I want to go do this. And that's why I think also like keeping a, keeping a client, um, as like a, just a direct therapist would be super helpful. Um, maybe even have like one or two clients as a BCBA, very, very, very part time. (laughs) Um, so that I stay fresh in that, that it might be something that I do, but you know, I don't know. I keep going back to this. Clearly I'm working through this issue with you guys. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, work where you make, where it makes you happy. Um, also, I had a conversation with somebody recently about them quitting their job and they quit their job just on a whim one day, quit their job. They had a very good job. And I asked why, why? I didn't even know you were unhappy. You never expressed that to me. Why did you quit? Devin, I was unhappy for a very long time and I'm like, I'm 25. What am I doing? Why am I working here if I'm unhappy? Why am I doing this to myself? And that is the type of energy that we all need. Don't do things that don't make you happy. Moving on from situations that do not fill your cup. This specifically pertains to relationships, to friendships, to the environment in which we live. I have seen friends live with roommates. I have seen friends live with significant others. I have seen friends be in relationships and friendships with people that I'm like, this isn't it for you. And they have thoroughly talked to me about the fact that they know that that's not it. And it's like, they feel stuck. I don't think we should ever feel stuck in anything that we do in life because everything is disposable right? Except for us, because once we're gone, that's it. So why let anything in your life be permanent? I think that things that we work towards, like marriage and um, having children and all of that, like, I don't mean that that's disposable by any means. (laughs) But I do mean like anything, we can get ourselves out of any situation, no matter how quote unquote stuck we might feel. Sometimes we need some help from other people. Yeah. But for the most part, like if you are building your inner strength every day, then you will be able to get yourself out of situations that you no longer want to be in that no longer fill your cup. You feel like aren't just, it's just not doing it for you anymore. And it's like, I think we've all been in that situation in our lives. I've been there with friendships, with relationships, with a lot of school. Um, I remember feeling that way when I went to Bridgewater, like I was like, this just isn't it anymore. I'm commuting. I hate this. I feel like I lost all my friends. I have no friends anymore because I was commuting and, you know, we just fell off from our schedules weren't the same and all of that. And I wasn't living there. So it was just a totally different arrangement for me. And, you know, I felt like that was no longer making me happy. So what did I do? I laughed. And I also think too, that it, 
depends on how we were raised and like who was supporting us in those emotions and those decisions. Um, my, my parents have always raised me to not give up on anything and to not, you don't quit something once you start it, which I agree. However, if it's making you unhappy and it's deteriorating your mental health then you need to reevaluate and they've also been extremely supportive on that. Um, they definitely wanted me to do what made me happy. Didn't want me to be unhappy, but did want me to finish my degree. Um, but they never really pushed me in that sense to say like, you better go back to school. They were just like, you do what you got to do and we're here for you. And I think that that's really important because not a lot of people have that. Um, but as we get older and we start to kind of be on our own and, you know, obviously I still have my family as my support system, but for those, uh, I have a lot of friends that don't, and, you know, we need to kind of learn how to be our own support systems and kind of surround ourselves with friends and, um, significant others that can also help and be support systems for us as well. If, you know, our families are no longer that. And I think that, you know, we need to figure out how to find that strength on our own because as you get older, that's really all you have. Like you have yourself and you start to, you know, you might get married and then you have to also support somebody else. You might have children and then you're their support system. So you better build that strength now so that you're strong enough to, to do that for those people. Um, and I just think that it's, it's not an easy thing to do to build your inner strength, to support yourself like that. And that motivational and I don't know that motivational way. Um, but yeah, like we, we have to do it for ourselves. We have to, we have to figure out situations that aren't it for us anymore that aren't, pushing us to to be the happiest and best versions of ourselves. There's so many situations like that that I can give you guys examples of. Relationships too. I think that a lot of people feel stuck again in relationships and feel like, well, this is comfortable for me. This is something that makes me feel at ease because I don't have to go looking for it elsewhere or I've been in this relationship for so long. I, I couldn't imagine living without this person. But it's like you – if it's making you unhappy and or not even that if it's not if it's just if you're just not happy it doesn't necessarily mean they're making you cry or something like that but if you're just genuinely not happy most of the time then that's a problem and that's also something that you need to evaluate and think about again this is your life we only have one life we might, we might come back as something else, another animal, another person, who knows, but this is your life now and you have control over it. You do. You have full control over it. Know that. Remember it. Tell yourself that. You have full control over your life, your decisions, the people in your life, um, the things that you surround yourself with and the places that you put yourself in. You have control over all of those things. Stop being a yes woman or a yes man. <laughs> Start saying yes to things that you know make you happy. Say no to things that you don't want to do. 
and understand it. Understand when you feel that way and why, and don't put yourself in the situation again. Or maybe you do and you try it again. You say, hey, like me, hey, I'm going to come back and I'm going to try this test again and I'm going to finish it and conquer it and do it and then I can move on. But say no when it's not making you happy because you don't want to waste time in your life being unhappy when you don't need to be. And that's kind of where I got to with this whole test thing. Like I'm like, okay, I have gotten to a point, like it's hard because you kind of have a timeline for it too. Like you're like, all right, I have to finish this within a year or whatever the time frame is. But you get to a point where you're like, okay, well, God damn it. I am just miserable studying for this thing all the time. And I feel like I'm not giving it my all because I'm not happy and it's not something I want to do. So like, I'm going to stop being a yes woman and I'm going to start saying no. And I'm going to give myself some space and time from this and reevaluate. And maybe I can find that strength and motivation and perseverance to finish the thing that I started. It might not be because I know it's going to make me happy now. It's just because I know that I want to finish this thing that I started and I'm going to muster up that strength in, in the meantime. So yeah, this is your life. Live it. Live it to the fullest. Live it to the best of your ability. And that's that. Let's jump into our little mindful practice, people. All right, so chapter 18 of The Mindful 20-something, one of my favorite chapters. Um, it's all about like happiness, relating mindfully to that. And, you know, it's kind of a long one. I don't know if you guys all listen to the end of my episodes when it comes to all of this stuff, but I really truly think that it can help and it can put you at ease, even if you're not listening to every single word, but you have it playing and you're just picking up on what you connect to, do that. So this is a long one, but here we go. Bear with me, people, and try to get through it because I really think that it's super helpful. Relating mindfully. There is probably no greater contributor to your happiness than the number of quality of your relationships with friends, family, lovers, and colleagues. Our relationships are important. Humans need relationships. We have evolved to be dependent on our connections with others. Just as our ancestors were unlikely to prosper if they got kicked out of the cave, our happiness and success in life hinges in large parts on our ability to form healthy attachments. Whether you are forging new relationships or deepening existing connections, your mindfulness skills will be out of service. Will be will be of service, not out of service. In the chapter on happiness, we explored the way meditation helps bring forward your naturally bene- benevolent qualities so that you become a bit kinder, more patient, and less selfish. Changes that will improve your ability to play well with others. Others other aspects of mindfulness, such as learning to be present so that so that you listen better, speak more thoughtfully, and manage your emotional reactions more carefully, will also enhance your connections. All of these factors add up to healthier, more satisfying relationships. Contemplate this. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Maya Angela, one of my favorite poets of all time. Mindful more, mindless less. Mindlessness is hard, hard to say, but easy to do. Many a relationship snafu has mindlessness at its core. Mindlessness 
results in conflict when we are clueless about our internal emotional state. Uncomfortable emotions such as jealousy, anger, and resentment are all normal parts of human relationships. Like cyclones swirling down from the sky, destructive words or deeds are spawned by our stormy emotions. Ever picked a fight with someone after you had a bad day at school or work? Ever blamed your partner or a roommate for a problem that you created? Ever lost a friend because you couldn't admit you were wrong? We've all done things like this, and more often because we were simply unaware of the emotional process at play inside of us. We all develop patterns of reaction that strongly influence our behaviors. If left unexamined, they can have toxic effects on our relationships. Mindfulness helps you hold your emotional reactions and patterns in full awareness, which gives you the chance to decide how you want to behave in the moment. For example, I have learned that when I am tired, I feel irritable and my thinking mind starts generating criticisms of my family members at a rapid pace. If I'm mindless, this rush of negativity will lead me to pick fights. When I am well-rested, these perceived flaws rarely come to mind. My awareness of this pattern allows me to recognize that a swarm of self-righteous criticisms swirling in my head reflects my fatigue, not inherent failings in my loved ones. Thus, when I observe crabby complaints proliferating in my mind, I try to recognize them for the friends they are, signaling me that it's time to get some rest. Have you seen that bumper sticker that says, would you rather be right or happy? Too often, especially during conflict, we put all of our energy into being right at the expense of being happy. Often, disagreements occur because two people feel different about a topic. One person feels and thinks one way, dirty dishes should never be left on the counter, and the other person has a different view. It's more efficient to clean everything up at once later. There's not a right way of doing things, but it sure feels like it in the moment, especially if the issue at hand is something you feel strongly about. A fight like this is really about a difference in priorities or perspectives. If you are not careful, you can get stuck uselessly trying to convince your fellow combatant to feel or think the same way you feel or think. In these instances, it may be more helpful to acknowledge your different views and put your energy into deciding whose perspective is going to be honored in the moment. First, you have to be willing to let go of the idea that the other person is flawed because he thinks differently than you do. Then you can problem solve and work out a compromise. Is there some middle path that would allow you both to get what you want? Can you take turns getting what you want, prioritizing each person's most cared about issue. You don't have to agree. You just have to be respectful of each other's feelings and opinions. Take a moment. Sometimes we need to speak hard truths, but sometimes we blurt out hurtful words, unhelpfully acting out our anger, jealousy, or resentment. Sometimes we are just nervously filling space with idle prattle. If we are not mindful, our careless words can unintentionally damage our most important relationships. Buddhist meditation and Hindu yogic traditions emphasize the importance of right speech, which is essentially being thoughtful about what we say, doing our best to not cause unnecessary harm with our words. Words unlike your pet dog cannot be brought back once they escape. 
so it's important to think carefully before you let them loose. To work on right speech, try the following. Before you speak, take a moment and ask yourself whether what you are about to say is truthful. You may be surprised how often you say things that are not exactly true. Necessary, does it really need to be said? Kind, even disagreement can be expressed kindly. And at the right moment, an exhausted friend may not be in the best place to hear feedback. If what you have to say doesn't meet these criteria, maybe you should wait a bit and adjust your message. Or just take some breaths and let the urge to speak pass entirely. Contemplate this. Our speech is powerful. It can be destructive and enlightening, idle gossip or compassionate communication. When we speak what is true and helpful, people are attracted to us. To be mindful and honest makes our minds quieter and more open, our hearts happier and more peaceful. Jack Cornfield. All right, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I will link the mindful 20 something in the description. I hope you guys have a, an awesome rest of your Sunday and rest of your weekend. And I will talk to you guys all on Thursday. Bye guys.